Round two. Round two, guys. We were recording a whole intro, and then Matt Palmer, who went to school for this, by the way. <laughs> my God. Forgot to push the, the button to record me, your favorite, well, Matt, of the two gay Matt. I don't know if the, I, he's your favorite, but yes, but I noticed early on. We stopped it. We restarted. We were just talking about how we have had a lot of NFL discussion in the preamble, which we do on YouTube when we record this podcast live. And... You know, we've just decided that maybe this is becoming a sports podcast these days. We're taking a left turn. People didn't see it coming. Yeah. But man, the Chiefs. Oh, man. I call them the red team just because I don't know. what We were trying to figure out what Taylor Swift's new boyfriend slash maybe they're not dating, what team he was on. Right. And all I know is they're the red team. All I know about him is that he used to have an e-dating reality show called Catching Kelsey. So he's been like a famously single, you know, hot commodity for a while. And I guess Taylor caught him for the time being. Oh, so like who was the mastermind behind this relationship? Was it I mean, or was he the mastermind? Because I mean, if he is like, hey, I'm going to do dating shows. Hey, you know what? Taylor Swift's. I'm a nammy up some Taylor. I think the show's not on anymore, but according to him, which this is my biggest red flag for this man, he's already gone to the press and been like, I mean, yeah, I saw her do her thing in the stadium and I may have invited her to see me do my thing in the same stadium and like balls in her court. And it's like, dude, don't pull a fucking Nick Cannon. Shut your fucking mouth. Do not talk. When you're dating a woman who's more famous than you are, just shut up about it. Right? Like, don't go to the press. Don't try to get headlines based on the fact you're dating someone. Sorry, I have more feelings about this than I should. They're probably misdirected Nick Cannon anger. But still, I'm right. <laughs> Guys, he's still feeling I'm the misdirected still, Nick Cannon he, anger decades later. There was a new later. Nick Cannon uh, headline this week being like, I totally get back with Mariah. It's like, that option's not on the table for you, sir. Shut up. <laughs> Mariah probably said, do you think Mariah saw that headline? I hope not. I hope not. They've asked her, though. She's like, uh, Nick says he'd remarry you. Would you do it? And she's like, he's being silly. And it's like, what? Is he my last hope? Close the door. <laughs> Icon. And Good icon. for her. Good for her. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Two Gay Mats podcast. It's Matt Steele. It's Matt Palmer. And another week has gone by. Matt it's Palmer, true. what have you done this week? I've not done anything too exciting I feel like since last I saw you our friend Corey came over on Friday and we hung out and uh, played a lot of video games caught up you know excited for him he's getting married next summer so congratulations to Corey and Zach uh, I'm trying to think of what else I really did Sa Saturday uh, Jackson was on the west side for a long time and so basically I had like a I'm gonna do errands I'm gonna be domestic I needed to wash the um, covers on our you know outdoor uh, table the chair covers were like getting a little dirty oh, and so I washed no. those I I got some groceries. I just like cleaned up. Like felt like being very domestic. And, oh like, my god! We're like talking that. about NFL, <laughs> and then we're talking about domesticity. Hey. Like this is called too gay. Max, <laughs> I know. Okay, but, 
like, we need to live it up. No, what did we do this and weekend? We went to the club. I, we in, were sluts. In fairness, I did just come back from a gay day party because our friend Ernesto. Day parties are pretty gay. The hello. Yeah. And Ernesto had a party. Uh, it was, And he added at this day party that happens called Hot Dog. And it was at a bar close by to me, which was very lucky. And it was just so lovely to celebrate him. It's Ernesto's actual birthday. So Ernesto, if you're listening, have, hope you're Happy having a great birthday. birthday. And I'm sorry I could only stay for a couple hours because I had to be here and record this podcast with yeah. you. Um, I also watched a lot of one television show that's going to be my giving me moments, but I want to talk about it at that time. You know what I'm saying? Thank you for, for telling us in advance. Exactly. I just wanted to give you a little hint, a little uh, preview. This is going to make everyone wait till the end. I know. Delay, they're going to listen to the whole thing on the tips of their toes. Matt Steele. Yes. What have you been up to this week? Oh, God. It's been hell. Oh. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's been hell because what? so we've, you know, we've been editing the project that I directed this past summer and yes. everything. It's five different episodes of a, a series of mm-hmm. some sort. And um, so we're about to send all the sound off to a sound mixer. Okay. And so I have had to learn how to convert an XML file because I edit in Final Cut Pro. Yes. How to convert an XML file into an AAF file. Woo! Don't fucking ask me what the fuck Whoa. an AAF file is, but I've spent several days, several hours of several days trying my darndest to figure it out. Is like, it done? No. I be- it's, it's sort of weirdly done, but every okay. time, because what I have to do is I have to like export it out of Final Cut Pro. Right. The guys, me talking about technology of any sort <laughs> is a disaster like in general, but I have to export it from Final Cut, the audio from uh, Final Cut Pro yes. as an XML file because yeah. you can't export as an AAF out of Final Cut Pro. Right. Um, oh, you already knew this. I'm, I've seen XML exports from Final Cut, yes. Sure. Yes. And and then I have to um, import it into Logic. Mm. And But the problem is when I import it into Logic, it doesn't like take into account all the mix sound mixing that I've already done. Like oh. the crossfades are wrong. And, like all the muted uh, sound files that I have in there like play and right. it's just a clusterfuck and so hours <laughs> I'm up until four in the morning no. so many nights trying to figure out like all this shit I'm and I'm like I majored in musical theater why am I trying to figure I this mean, shit out it's hard when you're like remember what I went to school for and what yeah. I'm doing now has nothing to do with guys, that guys I tap danced through college <laughs> okay look, I think it's good that you're expanding your knowledge in this technology because I feel like you're going to be making movies forever you're going to be a part of the editing process forever and so now you have the knowledge that you didn't have before okay but the goal is to to like not have to be the person that has to deliver the, I mean, the deliverables, as some, we say. That's the goal for two gay mats as well, and we're not there yet. No. So <laughs> one day we no. will just be the talent. But until then, we have to wear many hats. Darling. Yes, and let me tell you, I spoke with a a very successful director. Yes. Um, this week, okay. who let's just say he's. Very successful. Spielberg? Not quite. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, we're getting there. Yes. Um, and I told him what I was doing, and he just and he just goes, and he's British, and he just went what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Like he had no idea what an AAF file was. And I was just like, damn, how did you bypass all of this shit? I don't know. Was he he born rich? (laughs) I don't know. We don't know. Okay. Well, I'm sorry that that's happening for you. You know what? It's okay. I'm going to go home and try it. Hopefully tonight's the night I, I think it, it is. Out. Everyone yeah. think positive technology thoughts from Matt Steele. Yes. Hope that he gets over that hump. Yeah. Should we jump into the news for idiots? Let's jump into the news for idiots. Let's go. All right. So the biggest news of the day is that the halftime show performer has been announced. There was a lot of rumors going around last week. Like, is NSYNC going to come back and do it? We heard NSYNC, Destiny's Child, and another group might be doing it. And today, all, that's, all those rumors can be put to rest because 
as Usher has been announced as the halftime headliner for the 2024 Super Bowl. And I am excited about this because I grew up in Atlanta loving R&B music. Of course, I was always drawn to the female artists, but if there was a male pop R&B artist of our lifetime who like made the largest impact, it to me without question is Usher. Like the hits never stopped from 1997's My Way that had You Make Me Wanna and Nice and Slow. You know, he had 8701 with uh, You Remind Me, You Didn't Have to Call. And then of course Confessions being the diamond selling record with Yeah, Burn, Caught Up, so many hits. I just feel like there was probably there was a reaction online that I felt there were a lot of people, a lot of youths that were like, oh, it should have been Miley. Like, this is unfair. Like, he hasn't had a hit in a decade. Like, why is he doing this? And to that I say, I get you being disappointed. I understand you being like, oh, this isn't who I wanted it to be. To say that Usher is not successful enough or doesn't have enough hits to do the Super Bowl and headline it is a lie. Like, we got to deal in facts. <laughs> oh, no, it's not just a lie. It's an embarrassing <laughs> lie. Like, it's just, it's okay. I get it. You're young and we love young. But you've got to just, like, look things up before you talk or tweet, right? Like, I would never say, like, oh, like, I would rather Mariah be the halftime than Prince. Let me say that Prince has never been successful just because he's not at the top of everybody's tongues right now. Like, that's not really how this works. Yeah, and and here's the thing, like, with Miley, like, yeah, Miley would put on a great Super Bowl show because Absolutely. she's great, and I do think she has the discography to give us 15 minutes of a great show and yes. everything, but I know Miley now has a song that is called Used to Be Young. <laughs> Guys, right. she's still pretty young. <laughs> like, she's still quite <laughs> Quite young, and right. she and the thing is, like, the football is not appealing. I mean, okay, it, <laughs> it is trying to appeal to everyone, of course, but right. like the majority of like people watching football who are like consuming football live, watching the commercials, and like actually buying the products right. and the commercials, like those are people like. 30 and up. Right. You know, and Miley is still like her like fan base, you know, it's still quite young. Yeah. But Usher, like those were the people in like our, like when we were in high school, Usher was huge and everything. And now we are the people with like the houses and the kids and everything. (laughs) Not us specifically, specifically, unfortunately. (laughs) Because we are gay. So we age at a different, uh, you know. Uh, speed right and but you know the straights among us like they are excited for the Usher halftime show right and I'm also very excited I feel like I love a pop R&B performer and he is very much a performer he can sing his fucking face off he has the discography it was asked in the discord that uh, honestly it was asked that both of us put together our predictions of what he'll be performing and I was like I don't think Matt still can do that but I did and I'd like to share As far as what I think he's going to do, and then I have some that I hope he does, and then I have one that I hope he fucking doesn't, but he probably will. I would like to see it open with DJ Got Us Fallen In Love. I feel like that has been a recent-ish hit. Big dance thing, brings all the people together. Love in this club. Also big crowd pleaser. People love it. Was a hit in like 2008, not a world away. Then I'd love to go back to You Remind Me, because I feel like there needs to be some 8701 um, representation in the set. I would also take You Don't Have to Call, but I feel like You Remind Me was a bigger hit. I the person that I could see him interjecting into his set seamlessly is Alicia Keys because if he and Alicia sang my boo which in fairness to all is a song I don't like <laughs> but was a giant hit mm-hmm. and I would love to hear her go into Fallen or If I Ain't Got You and then Usher can come back out I think Alicia having a little moment during that would be lovely sure. I also want to hear You Make Me Wanna from My Way a giant hit and uh, a great song from 97 then I could I want to hear him end with Burn you know kind of have a ballad moment with Burn and then of course the final song is going to be Yeah sure. it's his bad romance it makes no sense for him to do this 
whole performance and not end on yeah. He's also putting out an album the day of the Super Bowl, so I assume there's going to be a new song within there. And honestly, I think it's a brilliant idea. If you're a legacy act performing on that big of a stage, you should be putting out an album that day. I would also love to hear Climax, which is always one of my favorite uh, Usher songs. It's like after he had moved into the dance realm, but it kind of is sparse and spooky and interesting and so beautifully sung. What a falsetto. Um, Nice and Slow was a big hit in 97, and I think that'd be cool if he did that. I'd love to hear You Got It Bad, possibly. And please, God, and I saw a tweet that said this as well. I fucking hate OMG. I realize it was a big hit, but like, I will I am is so like either really good or terrible. I would say outside of Mind Your Business with Britney Spears, OMG may be the worst single that Will I Am has worked on. It is dreadful. It is noise. The fact that the public made it a hit makes my stomach turn. Why did you call Mind Your Business a single? I mean, it's <laughs> it not attached to an album. It's a it's a song that was released and pushed on its own. Oh, was it? It was yes. pushed. Oh, I thought it leaked. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a leak. No, that's on Spotify. Oh, oh, is it? It is. Oh. <laughs> I thought it leaked. I thought that was a lead because I listened to this and I was like, oh, I, this should not have seen the light of day. <laughs> Do you hate OMG or am I alone? I have no idea what OMG is. Oh, 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 my gosh. Nothing? Uh, nothing. Awful. Well, let me spare you. It's dreadful. I hope he doesn't sing it, but it might happen and I have to make peace with it. Well, look, I'm glad you came up with your with your list. Yes. Um, maybe one day I will be able to come up with lists. Maybe. I'm doing new things. I, I am eventually one day going to figure out how to export an AAF. <laughs> I believe you and can do so it. And so after I do that, I can accomplish anything. I will be able to come up with my own Usher playlist. I hope today is that day that you figure out the AAF of it all. Me too. <laughs> Me too, girl. Me too. Because I got other things to do. I know. This isn't how you want to spend all of your time. So no. strange. Um, and if you were on Twitter at all in the last week, you probably saw Angelica Ross, uh, who is the star of Pose. She starred on uh, one or two seasons, a couple of seasons of American Horror Story. And she, I guess, basically the first thing that came out about this, I don't remember if it was a tweet that she tweeted or an Instagram live clip that went viral, but she was talking about how Ryan Murphy ghosted her after there was talks of an all black season of American horror story. So this was apparently in July, 2020, you know, a big time of racial reckoning for the country during COVID. And Ryan Murphy had reached out to her being like, you know, your idea of having an all black female cast of American Horror Story. I want to do it. We want to have a writer's room this fall. These are like the, I want Gabrielle Sidibe to be a part of it. And you obviously, and like basically just like, we're going to get it started in the fall. Can't wait to work with you. Mm -hmm. And she was basically great. This is great. These are all the other people I think could be involved and be amazing. And Apparently, you could probably understand this better than I do. Like, since she was attached to American Horror Story in, like, a first position or something, like, she was not free to do other projects until she was let out of her American Horror Story contract. You you think I know anything about those kind of contracts, (laughs) girl? You think I know anything about the details of those kind of contracts? You think I'm in first position to do anything? I'm in first position in ballet right now. But... (laughs) You're an actor. So I would sure. say so really, she basically was locked in this contract. Yeah. And after this reach out, Angelica like would send follow-up emails with ideas. She would send flowers to Ryan Murphy's home and never would hear back. And these are two years after like her spoiler alert if you haven't seen Post, her when she died in Pose and like her entire character Pose was like a breakthrough performance. It was in the zeitgeist. She was everywhere. She had moved on to American Horror Story. She was at like the peak of her career acting wise. She says that Marvel was knocking at her door and was like, we want you to audition. We have this idea for you to be a part of it. And she kept reaching out to Ryan Murphy Productions being like, hey, even if this isn't happening, I get ideas changed. Just let me know and let me go so I can audition and be a part of this. 
Nothing. Nothing? Never heard that's, of Orbach. That's wild. It's just... Like, so it's cruel and unusual. Like I don't understand why. Like were like were her agents like, hey, we need an answer. Right. Like like, I, like I, yes, and they never heard back. And they never heard back no. when the, she's locked into this contract. Awful. When they're essentially like, I don't want to say holding her hostage, but like like that. That's that's awful. It was so bad. And so she goes on and discusses how she was misgendered by Emma Roberts on set of American Horror Story. Apparently, Emma was. Running that set like an, with an iron fist and said something. Um, Angelica stated that when the two of them were being referred to as ladies on set, Emma replied saying, don't you mean lady? While looking at Angelica. Mm. Uh, after this came out and uh, she, Emma Roberts did reach out to Angelica privately and apologize. So that's good. And she's like, apparently Emma Roberts was like, I hate that that happened. I'm an ally. And Angelica was like, no, you're not. <laughs> but, but allies and actions and I accept your apology, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then Angelica Ross is also claiming that Ryan Murphy yelled at her for posting about racism on the American Horror Story set because there was someone on set who insisted on wearing like Stop the Steal and like different anti-black and pro-Trump t-shirts on set just to rile her up. Mm. And she tweeted about it and, uh, you know, got yelled at about it. And basically at the end of all of this, she's like, if you can't tell by now, I'm leaving Hollywood. I'm not acting anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm burning it all down. I'm telling my story. And... It just is tough because I I just always assumed that the Glee situation was specific. That it was like, okay, this one set, it's a lot of young people with Ryan Murphy. You you assume that? Not not, not that it was specific, like all sets ran beautifully. But I didn't Mm. know that like it was a consistent like Ryan Murphy set problem. And that's what it kind of is starting to feel like. You seem to be having a knowing look in your eyes. <laughs> I mean, I I mean, I don't know anything. Like, okay. it's not like I'm out. Well, actually, I was on a ride. <laughs> How was that? It was lovely. Okay. I had a lovely time. Yeah. Uh, when I, but I was on set for five hours. Right. As opposed to, you know, like day to day. This was my daily routine and yes. everything. So I truly don't know. I was a guest and I had a lovely time. The crew was absolutely wonderful. Um, but I mean, like. I mean, I I truly anything that like is super machiny like that, right? Like you you are going to run into like problems like this. I feel right, you know. That's um, true. Uh, and you know all you know big networks or Ryan Murphy like like helmed by one person like sometimes it, it's not surprising yeah okay you know it's you just not surprised. surprising okay. yeah um, I do think it's sad that she's like oh I'm leaving Hollywood like does she not want to act anymore like is she, does she is she moving on like a different career path maybe she wants to do a little theater I think she is moving on to a different career path I feel like I was I don't know this so well so if I'm getting some of the facts wrong please forgive me I believe she was a self taught coder and she's moving back into tech technology and wants oh. to like teach coding to people including the trans community so it's exciting oh, cool. and wonderful and like we're definitely people who want to have multiple talents and multiple tech talents she can help me with my AAF <laughs> exactly. girl call me get Angelica on the line because call me. it is good I mean I I hope she does well and I hope she's happy and I'm very happy that Emma like did call and do the right thing and I agree you know? and I'm proud that she didn't like try to do it in a weird public way and sure. try, try to shine a light on her like she did it behind the scenes it just it was nice yeah. Um, the next story I was going to talk about was the writer strike and the fact that there have been discussions between the WGA and uh, AMTP. I will never get this. AMPTP. But as of five minutes ago, according to our number one news source as a nation, Popcrave, the WGA and AMPTP have reached a tentative agreement. The final contract language is currently being worked on. All right. Um, which is to say an agreement in principle on all deal points subject to drafting final contract language. That is such good. 
fucking news. That's great news. Now let's get to SAG. Thank you. Yes, let's get to SAG. And it also was one of those things where as these headlines were leaking, they were starting to get weirder and weirder. Like the one that came out yesterday that was like, we are putting out our last and final offer. It's like, wait, what are you talking about? Like, what if the writers are like, no, then what do you do? So this and the fact that it's coming from the Writers Guild makes me feel like this is, we're really reaching the end. Yeah, and that's good. And I want to say they're just like a couple days short of tying like the longest uh, strike by WGA, which I think was like 150 something days. I think we're at like 140 something now. I can't believe it has been this long. I know, yeah. Do you think SAG's around the corner? I mean, if the WGA one is is, like is happening now, I think, I think they realize like, Okay, I don't know. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I'm, and now that like they're done with the WGA one, like they can focus on the side. Absolutely. And now you can write publicly. I know. And, and it's been a year since I um, w- was shown being on that Ryan Murphy set. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like like a couple yes. days ago was like the one year anniversary, and I was like, oh, I would have really loved to post about this, like right. happy one year anniversary right. of that thing that I did. Right. Um, well, you can post later, like once the SAG agreements have happened and like every deal has been made there, then you can post and no one's going to get mad and be like, you're three weeks late because it's like, hello. Happy one year and three weeks. Yes. I think this you popped sh- up on you y'all's TV it. screens. It, we should never shy away from celebrating. And I'm like, celebrating I, me. I yes. can celebrate you because <laughs> yes. I'm not, you know, trying to, you know, promote myself. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Congra- you did a beautiful job in that show that we won't mention. Thank you. <laughs> um, Oh, remember when I said that you didn't want to talk about this? I didn't. That I was like, I hope we never have to talk about the Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner divorce again, because if we do, that means things have gone very, very wrong. Guys, things have gone very, very fucking wrong. I know. And it's involving children. It's involving That's children. as wrong as you can get. It's just so devastating. Apparently, Sophie Turner has filed a suit against Joe Jonas requesting the return of their daughters to England. The documents request the immediate return of children wrongfully removed or wrongfully retained. She wants them to live in England. Sophie says they agreed to live in England and have been looking for schools uh, for the three-year-olds. And uh, the word on the street that I heard, allegedly Joe Jonas has like hidden their passports from Sophie. Like it's just getting nasty in a way that I hoped it would not, you know? Yeah. And the thing is like, there aren't enough details to really know. Like, and wasn't Sophie like angry like that? It's like, oh, the media made it seem like there was something wrong with me. And that's why he like people made it, people made it seem like he had to do this type of thing. And and she's saying that's not true. Guys, I don't know what is true. All I know is that there are children involved. Let's settle this right the fuck now. That's the thing. It's just sad. And apparently Joe Jonas has responded being like, because there was also reports that Sophie found out about the divorce in the media and Joe's people are saying there were multiple conversations with Sophie and um, she knew that Joe was going to initiate divorce proceedings in Florida and Joe and Sophie had a cordial meeting this past Sunday in New York and uh, when Sophie came to New York to be with the kids they've been with her since that meeting and Joe's impression of that meeting was that they reached an understanding that they would work together towards an amicable amicable co-parenting setup it just, it's just, I wish it wasn't so messy. These poor kids, like, uh, I think no one wins in the situation. And Joe Jonas is not coming out looking great. But we don't know what's really happening. And it's just sad. It's yeah, just and sad. it's sad because it's like, people are going to talk about it. And the more people talk about it, even like years after they settle this. And like, Lord knows they'll probably like get along. Right. Like after, after like things have settled and everything, it'll be fine. But still like, people are forever going to have opinions Absolutely. about it. And like being a kid where like, people have these staunch opinions about your parents like this based on this drama that did not involve you in the slightest like like it's it's 
it's not good. It's not good. And yeah. it's like, I feel like whenever these celebrity kids grow up, they're going to have fucking Google and they can look up everything that happened. And if I am reading about it, they're going to be able to read about it someday. And it's just sad. And they're not even going to like read like new, like actual like journalistic objective news stories about it. They're going to read like people's tweets, which are going to come from crazy people. <laughs> <laughs> like people who like want to scream about something and want to pick a side and feel like you, they have to pick a side. Right. One of them is evil. One of them's not like that. They want to create that narrative and right. they're going to read that because those last forever. So and it's just sad. We're, it's just a sad situation. Uh, and happier news. Taylor Swift has announced her vault tracks. They are called it's over. Is it over now? Now that we don't talk, say don't go suburban legends. And most importantly, slut exclamation point. Taylor Swift <laughs> having a song called slut. That I mean, apparently was written in 2014. Oh, was it? Well, I mean, oh, it was the vault track. I, I mean, yeah, it'd be a vault, a yeah, vault 20, track. 2013, 2014. Yeah, it seems like I would be shocked if it was not about like the people calling her slut a slut for like having multiple boyfriends. Like it could be a pre the man kind of thing. I don't think in 2014 she's gonna be doing any sort of slut shaming of her own. Like there's mm-hmm. not gonna be a you know better known for things she's done on the mattress kind of moment there. Even I don't though that it. is a line, <laughs> it is a line. That is a and line, and it was missed in the Taylor's version. It was version, <laughs> but. I feel like even in 2014, she had probably moved past that. Sure. So everyone hold on to their butts until what? October 27th, I want to say? I know. I'm excited. And it's like, I like up. how it's like, there's not like a million vault tracks. Right. Like we're not going to do like a three hour album and everything. It's great for us. Cause, <laughs> so, Cause sometimes like, it's just like, okay. Like, yeah. I'm exhausted. Yeah, like that's enough. That's <laughs> like, enough. Do I need to listen to five hours of 1989? And the hour, the answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> the answer is no. Um, well, and good news for me, absolutely. Apparently, Britney Spears' movie Crossroads, co-starring Zoe Saldana, is returning to movie theaters in October for a two-night global fan event. Guys, I have famously never seen Crossroads. I've never seen Crossroads either. I'm going. And the, but the thing is, I think it also is during the week of the uh, Britney Spears book being released, the Taylor's version of 1989, and this movie, and I'm like, am I just going to be too overwhelmed? But I really want to see Crossroads. You're going to be consuming everything. You're going to be so cultured. Cinema, yes. literature, yes. music. Yes. What else? Everything. It's God. true. I think that that's all that there is in the world. <laughs> you know? Yeah. What else could she possibly do? No idea. Radio? But, journalism? Journalism. I'm excited. I feel like the film, even if it's not going to be like technically great, whatever, I feel like it. W- it's always been wrong of me to have like... Having not seen it, I've tried. I've even tried to order a DVD of it on Amazon. It's not available. It's not streaming anywhere. So the fact that it will be in theaters makes me happy. I feel like I'm going to need to wear an N95 mask because I feel like the Britney fans, if it's only two nights, people are going to be in those theaters. <laughs> screaming. Screaming. And I'm just like, I don't, you know, I, the vid is still going around. I did get, oh, I also got my um, COVID shot. Oh, how was that? Along with my flu shot. It was fine, but it was like... It took about a day to kick in in that second night after like I slept one day and then had a whole work day. And at the end of that second work day after I got it, it was just like, oh, I'm going to die. Like I was so exhausted <laughs> mm-hmm. by like 8 p.m. And my arm was like sore for the whole week. Getting them both at the same time is tough because you've done that, too. Right? I when the first booster came out when I was there, they were like, do you want your flu shot as well? And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? yeah why not? I'm here and everything. And so I got one in each arm. And then I was just like, oh, never again. <laughs> never again. Well, I right. got the, shall the, the two meet at the same time. I got them both at the same on the same arm. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, I want my right hand to be available. But uh, yeah. So that was a tough day, but I'm glad I did it. I want to feel safe for when I go see Crossroads in theater. I, I got, I'm getting this for Crossroads. Exactly. Guys. This is for Crossroads. Yeah. Um, so 
A, I feel like the InSyncers out there have been very excited because InSync has come back together. I, mean, I think this probably happened last week, but when we did the podcast, I had just woken up from a nap. So some stories got missed. Uh, they're coming back together to sing a song on the Trolls soundtrack. And I think that's coming out this Friday. And they're kind of doing like mini little TikToks together. And they're going on a little mini press tour. They went to Hot Ones and the five of them did a whole Hot Ones episode. And so people were excited about like the possibility of a tour. Mm-hmm. And people are excited about the possibility of them performing at the Super Bowl halftime. And I really hate to be the bearer of bad news. I hate to rain on parades. I don't want to do that. But I feel like as the millennials, you know, we've just got to know there's no way this is happening. (laughs) Like, A, we just found out about the Super Bowl. That, honestly, I thought this could, I could see them coming together for For one performance. Sure. But Justin has taught us time and time again that number one on the Justin Timberlake call sheet is Justin Timberlake. Like he is like, I'm sure bringing the band together was nice for all involved. You know, they all do other ventures today and they can do things together as a group. I don't think Justin is wanting to split his time, his energy, his attention with those five other guys fairly or unfairly. And page six has come out with a report. Not that they're always the most reliable. That kind of backs up my guess there. Uh, And the quote is from one music insider. Justin is coming out with a new album. So he's planning a big U.S. tour for 2024. Um, Forbes wrote a piece about how this reunion benefits Timberlake in his upcoming comeback. They write, while Better Place was penned specifically for the children's movie, it also serves another purpose, helping Justin Timberlake mount a comeback. The last few years have been particularly rough for Timberlake professionally and personally, getting called out for uh, past actions against Britney Spears and Janet Jackson. Uh, But even before the tides turned and the masses seemed to lose their love for the singer, his music career wasn't going as well as it had in the past. And so this being like, a publicity stuff to like launch him up again. They're actively saying that. Whoa! Oh, well, you know that. we love transparency. I mean, I don't think that Justin's team is saying that. I oh, think I thought is, you were saying Justin's no, team no, no. was saying. That. I was this like, is, oh. I think this is Forbes conjecture. Okay, but baby, I agree. I just and maybe I'm wrong and I hope that every millennial can laugh in my face and say, "See, they're going on tour. They're doing no strings attached." I just don't foresee that. Well, the thing is, I was like, well, why wouldn't he go on tour, like, a, at least a little tour with them? Like, what is he doing? Really? Like, he's not releasing a new album anytime soon, but I guess he is. I so, like, good for is. him. Hope the album is successful. But you know Backstreet Boys are reading all this and just being like, mm, I sucks. Know. Uh, why don't you come to our, like, n- many tours? The thing is, that's the thing is, if I were in sync... And like the, of the four of them, I think the four of them should just be a quartet, go on these little mini tours. Like there's so many like Backstreet Boys, New Kids on the Block, like people will see that tours and just have JC sing all the leads. Guys, <laughs> I flew all the way to goddamn England to see four Spice Girls. You okay, did. so you people did. will spend money to see four in sync members. Uh, absolutely, they would. Yeah, absolutely, they would. And I'd love to hear JC sing every lead on those songs. Honestly, he oh, sounds be great. great. Yeah, It'd be unbelievable. That's what I think they should do. The only thing I could conceivably see but again I don't know if the other guys would be up for it could much like Beyonce is her own opener on Renaissance could in sync be the, the opener, opener of the Justin Timberlake. I think that's an excellent idea. But wouldn't if but wouldn't so many people go see in sync and then leave? <laughs> like, do you need to see the Justin solo set after you see in sync perform? Uh, why would they leave? Why would they spend all that money to like leave? People are weird. <laughs> people are weird. But I could see maybe that. Okay, that is what I'll give the millennials out there. I could see maybe that. But I don't think they're going on a headlining tour together. Um, right. the, 
question for everybody. Uh, Doja Cat's new album, which features number one single, Paint the Town Red, is looking to debut in the top 10 in the U.S. with sales between 50 to 55,000 copies. If we're just, you know, looking past, Olivia Rodrigo's album debuted recently with 302, I think, thousand copies first week. I was shocked at this figure, Mm -hmm. but it kind of goes to show that, like, you shouldn't tell your fans that they're all idiots for liking your old music because then they won't really be out wanting to buy it. But I'm glad the single's successful. Maybe it will have long legs. But I just, that number shocked me. Because, again, no shade. We love everyone. And especially not shading. Mariah's caution sold about that much first week. You know what I'm saying? Like, and she's, you know... 18, like 16 albums into our career. Like Doja Cat's on fire. Yeah. I would think it would do better. And the singles. Uh, the singles hit. Like, barely care. I just would have thought it, the numbers would be better. I mean, maybe it, is it a demographic that doesn't te- uh, tend to like buy albums? Is Olivia, because is, is Olivia Rodrigo like, you know, releasing a bunch of like the vinyls I like how Taylor's is. doing? So, I think she is. So that, you know, helps like album sales and true. all that kind of stuff. That's true. Is Doja Cat releasing like, get these three different colored vinyls right. and that counts as three album sales. <laughs> that you know? I don't know. Okay. I don't know about the merch. But yeah, maybe that's something Doja should look into. Just the number was a shock to me, but music sales in this era are all over the place. So who sure. knows what's and going on? really is no rhyme or reason there is like i don't get it at all anymore um and then these are just two news stories that i meant to talk about last week and i didn't john winner or i don't know how to say his name jan, jan whatever winner has been removed from the rock and roll hall of fame's board and this uh which he co-founded the rock and roll hall of fame the ousting outs ousting oh it's hard to say that came one day after winner who also co-founded rolling stone made widely criticized comments about black and female musicians in an interview with the new york times he was talking about his book the masters and basically said uh that winner said he did not feel that any black or female artists were articulate enough on an intellectual level to be included in his book of the masters talking about the masters of pop rock and roll music Fuck this man forever. This is the reason Rolling Stone is fucking garbage. This is the reason the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is like famously sexist, famously racist. It's because people like this like have these thoughts and like especially like the top brass that's been there for so long. But the fact that he's going to say the quiet part out loud like that, it's like, bitch, every bad thing should happen to you. Go fuck yourself. And the fact that you have such a limited worldview that you could say something like that and like put together an entire collection of musician interviews and not think to include a woman or a black person or even any person of color. It's all white dudes. You think they're just the most articulate? And you are like leading like one, one of the biggest like news outlet right. like things. Like what? what, what? Disgusting. Like, and, and you have this opinion still. Disgusting. And you you see the music industry now. You see what's popular, like and everything. Like you see how amazingly successful so many women and black women and, and people of color like are in the mu- and influential they are in the music industry. Don't you want to capitalize on that it's and like just, include them in your shit? Right. And it's like, where do you think rock mu- music comes from, like, motherfucker? For real. Like, what are you talking about? So that man could go fuck himself. I think he is no longer on the board of directors at Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and he's also I hopefully think ousted from Rolling Stone as well, even though he co-founded it. But fuck that guy forever. And lastly, I just want to say rest in peace to Irish from 702 
who passed away at 43. In her Instagram, uh, her family posted an Instagram post about this, and it was basically said, after a long battle, she has passed away. And so no one really knows what the situation was fully, but I just have to say... I grew up on 702. Their self-titled album with Where My Girl's At was one of my favorites. I have memories of lying in my camp bunk bed just listening to fucking uh, You'll Just Never Know the ballad off of that album, which is excellent. And Make Time. Like, this is an album that I still spin to this day. It's, like, in there with, like, the Brandy Never Say Nevers of my life. Mm-hmm. So I, she also was a part of that reality show where they had the old members of the girl groups come back together. And mm-hmm. I think it was on OWN. And it was so amazing. And she was a part of it. And she was lovely and kind and talented and even though she wasn't the lead singer of the group she had so many beautiful creative ideas that I just thought she was such a light and she and her group brought so much joy to me as a young person so I just needed to say rest in peace to Irish rest in peace we love you so Matt Steele yeah any other news for idiots you want to tell the people just a little small one Uh, it's been announced officially that Lily Gladstone instead of being campaigned for supporting actress this year at the Oscars for Killers of the Flower Moon, which everyone was just like, she's the front runner. She's going to win. She's going to win. She's going to win. It has been announced that she is actually going to be campaigned for leading actress at the Oscars. So Mm. it's just like another like Michelle Williams like situation last year. I was like, oh, guaranteed Oscar win for supporting. Oh, we're campaigning for leading. Okay. This is going to be a little more of a race. Everything. So it's, it just opens up the supporting actress Oscar uh, race, which is very exciting because I love an unpredictable Oscar race and everything. But leading actress is very cramped this year, which I, makes me a little. I nervous. was going to say, <laughs> as the, you know, the number one street team for Fantasia Barino. How does this make you feel? I am just thrilled that Fantasia is playing the role, Good. and she's going Good. to be amazing. And I am happy with whoever wins. I mean, and Lily Gladstone like would be like a very exciting winner right. because I hear she's a amazing in Killers of the Flower Moon, right. but also she would be the first Native American woman to oh, that's uh, very cool. win an Oscar uh, for acting. That's awesome. Um, it, the thing is, it was like a guaranteed win in supporting. Right. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. We'll Pe- people still think that she can do it. I mean, Olivia Coleman did it in 2018. Mm. She was like a guaranteed win in supporting for the favorite. And then they were like, oh, no. She's like, I want to be campaigned for lead. And everyone wow. was like, oh, no. She just, she she lost. She's not going to win that Oscar. And then she she won that Oscar Good that So, I mean, you never know what will happen. Never I'm very know. excited. Oscar, the movies are going to start to roll out soon, the Oscar movies. So, I'm very excited about all of them. That's exciting. And hopefully soon they'll start to be back in production movies again yes. because yeah. if we're reaching a tentative deal with the WGA maybe SAG's next up yes. and everybody can breathe a sigh of relief and that people can actually like promote their stuff absolutely yeah. what a time what a time well guys we're going to take a quick break and then be back with more 2 Game Mats the podcast Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We're back. We're back. It's true. I know we're slipping in through the side door a little quietly. It's true. And I have to give a little bit of an update just because there's, you know, everything's changing with the WGA and the strike happening and, you know, maybe being over. The WGA leadership says we can say with great pride that this deal is exceptional. Ooh. Meaningful gains and protections for writers in every sector of the membership. Good for the writers. That's great, because that's the thing, is these headlines I always get worried about until you hear it from the WGA or SAG-AFTRA, you know? So, the WGA is saying that. Yeah. 
That means we're good. Okay, well, when's SAG gonna come, guy? No, I don't know. We'll when am up. I gonna get a phone call from Fran Drescher again? <laughs> I can't, I'm looking forward to that day. I get so many voicemails from Fran Drescher. That's so cool. It is very fun. I, I get a call and it's like always like seven in the morning. I'm like, who the fuck is calling me? And then I listen to the voicemail. And I'm like, oh, it's Fran again. Oh, it's Fran again. Yeah. She has more to say. And sometimes like the intro of the voicemail like gets cut off. Oh, <laughs> so uh, all of a sudden like the voice just like comes at you and it's mid sentence and it's like, oh, Fran. That's shocking. I know. I mean, it's very fun. Yeah. This is Hollywood, baby. Yes. Sometimes you get voicemails from Fran Drescher. But Matt Palmer, <laughs> yes. give your commercial. Guys, thank you so much for listening or watching the podcast. If you enjoy it, please go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and find our podcast. Leave us a five-star rating or review. It helps us so much with those algorithms. We want to keep doing the podcast, and we hope that it reaches as many ears as possible. And you are a part of that. So thank you. And if you really like us, go to patreon.com slash 2gaymats. There you can join the Patreon where we chat with a bunch of people that I know you're going to love. It's a great group just friends you haven't met yet you also get to see extra bonus content and uh videos and things we actually just put up um our reaction to kelly clarkson's chemistry deluxe her new five five new tracks there it's just up very recently i think on saturday it went up and we're having our discography review of beyonce is there some chatty kathy's for ten dollars and up it's just a great place you're gonna love it you're gonna love it but guys right now we are on to email my heart yeah this is the section of the podcast where we answer any questions that you guys might have you can be a part of email my heart if you email us at two game at gmail.com two is spelled t-w-o yes so we have two Wonderful emails Great. for you guys today. The first one is from Tyler. Tyler says, spooky season suggestions. Mm. Hello, Mats. October is upon us, and so is spooky season. This time of year, I like watching scary movies like Hocus Pocus or Paranormal Activity. Is Hocus Pocus a scary movie? I don't think so. <laughs> but, you know, it's... it's, it's uh, Halloween. Halloween. Yes. Uh, and listening to music with dark beats. Think Rihanna's Rated R, Gaga's Monster, and Kim Petras's Turn Off the Light. Mm. Of course, I'm always up for new recommendations. Then I realized, I don't think I've ever heard you all discuss scary movies or even Halloween aside from dressing up in costumes for parties. So, do you like horror movies? What are your opinions on the genre? What scary movies do you like, if any? To broaden the topic, any other suggestions for songs or media to get into the spooky mood? Any pop songs that I should add to my spooky season playlist? As you can read, it's a lot of questions, but I just want to know your thoughts on October and Halloween. Give this month its due before Mariah says it's time and Christmas comes to town. One more thing though I though I won't know your opinions until you answer these questions on the pod mm. I'll leave you with my own recommendation Barbarian is a must watch it on Max with HBO crossed out it's, <laughs> it's a 2022 thriller with Georgia Campbell and Bill Skarsgård it's a smart take on that genre which in my opinion isn't always that smart uh, it will have you on the edge of your seat, peeking at the screen through your fingers. Thanks for always being an entertaining and uplifting listen and watch. Wow. So Tyler, Matt, how are you? I mean, our thoughts on Halloween in general. I enjoy that everyone else is having a lot of fun. <laughs> yes. I am not anti-Halloween in the slightest. Yes. However, I am lazy. <laughs> And with Halloween, there's always a lot of... Just it's like, like a lot of prep. It's a lot of prep. It's a lot of emotional labor mm. in terms of like you have to... If you got to get in... If you want to get into it, you got to really get into it. Right. You got to get the finances set. You got to do the decorations. Like you got to go all out. I don't have that time. I'm still trying <laughs> to convert XML files into AAFs. <laughs> oh like uh, that to me is my scariest season yes. right now. All right. And um, so, so I... But I'm always thrilled that everyone is having a really good time. I will go to a Halloween party. I will not dress up in anything 
and because I'm just throwing on a costume last minute, throwing on a piece of cat ears. I remember one time our roommates had a Halloween party mm. and I had no costumes. So what did I do? I whipped my hamper out of the closet and I sat in my hamper and I was like, I'm dirty laundry. <laughs> and I sat there the entire night in my hamper. That's like that's my idea of a Halloween costume. Right. Now, what, are you, you're not like anti-Halloween. I'm, but like, not, I'm not anti-Halloween. I am, as I've gotten older and also as, you know, not, you know, t- Bring it down, but as climate change has gotten worse, I've become more of a fall autumn person. So, like the season, I's like risen in my ranks. Absolutely, I'm like I was very ready for it to become autumn. And well, what does the, climate change have to do with? Well, because summers are getting even hotter and oh. less okay for me personally. Okay. You know, oh, okay. I have a window of seventy to seventy nine in which I am comfortable. Oh, and also in LA, like there is no fall. Exactly, like, fall is a very very short window because it is October and ninety degrees. But as like soon here. as those degrees get back into like the seventy and low eighty highs. I will take it. So if that happens in October, I love it. Um, I am very thin-skinned when it comes to scary movies. I don't like a lot of blood. I don't like a lot of gore. So there are a few that have a few scary movies that have crossed my path that I really do enjoy. Like I've talked about on this podcast, I love Megan. Mm. That was a great movie. It's like rides the line between scary and camp, and the gore didn't freak me out too badly. I obviously loved uh, Get Out. Mm. I, that's a scary movie, not exactly a Halloween movie, but a scary one, absolutely. And a movie that I keep meaning to see, and I have not seen it yet, but I should see it this Halloween season, and probably will. Is a movie called The Blackening. It is a horror comedy by Dwayne uh, Perkins that came out uh, in twenty twenty two. And the whole, I think it was based on a, like a sketch that he had written and it was extended into a movie and I hear it's great. And the whole theme is like a group of black friends like go into a cabin and it's haunted. And the tagline of the logline of the movie is like, you know, we can't all die first because the whole theme of that's very funny. It's just a funny concept and one that I would like to watch. So as October goes by, I hope you all keep me honest. Make sure I watch The Blackening because I keep meaning to watch it and now would be the perfect time. And I love how like now, especially like Get Out really changed the game in terms of like something can be like horror and like extremely like um, uh, like social commentary, yes, you know? absolutely. Like really, really smart and and also like a little bit of like satire in there. Like Get yes. Out is very like satirical in, it, in its own way. Yeah. Um, so Get Out is an excellent example. I don't know, in terms of scary movies, I do, I mean, I love like the funny, like campy, scary movie like, totally. like again like Hocus Pocus isn't a, a scary movie no but it is right. a Halloween movie I mean it's one of my favorite movies of all time like the three of them Kathy and Jimmy Sarah Jessica Parker Bette Midler have the best on screen chemistry literally ever like absolutely brilliant people love that movie I know also you know that I love the scary movie franchise oh yeah I adore <laughs> the Waynes brothers yes. and so the scary movies especially one and two are just completely up my alley but as far as like actually scary movies no. I'm a huge silent of the Lambs fan. Oh. Um, I am a very, I love like a, a like a, um, I mean, I guess, uh, is Nightmare Before Christmas uh, a Halloween movie or a Christmas Exactly, movie? and I was kind of thinking the same thing. It I can do, be both. It can be both, and I love that movie. I yeah. actually saw a concert oh, version brilliant. of that with yeah. Billie Eilish singing the Sally character at the Hollywood Bowl two years ago I want to say it just is a great film I yeah. can't wait to watch that again and I adore season. like Tim Burton's movies mm. uh, but I like things like like Beetlejuice I love but like I wouldn't call that a Halloween movie right. uh, but Nightmare Before Christmas is very very much a Halloween movie and you know Tim Burton just uh, produced that one but still it is very much uh, his vision um, also like you know like you can't really beat The Exorcist like The mm. Exorcist is just brilliant and then there's the other classics like like the Halloweens out there and all those classics so no I do like scary movies a lot oh there was also Pearl last year which I really really loved yeah I, and I, I love all types of scary movies like goats slasher like you know I, li- I like it all I need 
as little blood as possible. I'll take some suspense, but the blood, I, I have a weak stomach. I, I can do like blood. That. I'm really, really solid with blood. What about like scary music? Oh, also a quiet place I really loved. Oh, that's good. Uh, anyway, scary like scary music. I, I think <laughs> I think I listened to the Fame Monster album by Lady Gaga around Halloween. That is like as scary as I get. Cause I feel like you there's a thin line between like Halloween music, quote unquote, and like novelty songs. Mm. And I'm not a novelty girl, like, you know, no shade to Weird Al and the ilk, but Monster Mash, I'm never going to be like going, you know, it's not like a <laughs> bop off. to me. I'm not like, yes, Monster Mash goes. Like it doesn't. It's a joke. And that's fine. But like I don't listen to music to laugh. And I feel like Halloween music sometimes veers into that. But um, again, the soundtrack to Nightmare Before Christmas and Lady Gaga's The Fame Monster do go off. I mean, honestly, for Halloween for music, you could just like put Danny Elfman, like a Danny Elfman score of any kind on mm. and you would be in the mood for Halloween. I love like, that. So, so Yeah. Happy Halloween. Matt Happy Homer. Halloween to you. Yeah, thank it's you so much. Like a month early, but <laughs> whatever. Um, so the next email comes from Dylan. Uh, Dylan says, my mother never approved of my sexuality. I am also a conversion therapy survivor for the past year and a half. She has been going to counseling and me being gay is one of the things she has been seeking help for. I am so, so proud of her. She has been making amazing strides. I've been explaining this to my boyfriend of one year. A few days ago, he had expressed that he wanted to meet her and propose going home to Texas for Thanksgiving since I spent it with his family last year. Mm. I told her, I told him I didn't think she is ready for that and he broke up with me citing that I was ashamed of him and that it's not fair that I met his family but he can't meet mine. Mm. Would you have taken the chance and brought him to meet your mother anyway? Was I being a little overprotective? Thanks, Dylan. Dylan, I am so sorry that you're going through yes, a breakup right now. And I am I'm so sorry to hear that. I'm very thrilled for you that your mother is doing so much better. Absolutely. And that she is learning and that she is being more accepting. Um, you know, sometimes people need time. Yes. And and I love that you are giving your mother that like patience. I agree. I think that is absolutely wonderful. Um I I honestly, I don't know. Like you've been with your boyfriend for a year. I, I think the boyfriend, I don't know, not to like shade your boyfriend. But like, <laughs> I think your boyfriend should understand, you know, a, yeah, your mom is taking this, t like maybe your mom isn't ready. Right. I know, like did, I want to know, did you ask your mom if it's okay? Yeah, that was kind of my thought here. I, I agree, Matt Steele, that I think the ex-boyfriend maybe jumped the gun with yeah. the breakup. Like I feel like he could have like invited more of a conversation and been... I think it would have been, you know, if we could turn back time, like Cher says, uh, it would have been, you know, showing that you were making the step if you had asked your mom and been like, hey, this is what we're thinking. Like, are you ready for that? Like, would it be easier if we did a Zoom call? And like, that's how you met X, Y, Z. But um, I think automatically breaking up just because you said, I don't think I'm ready. Or like you said, I don't think she's ready for it. But really what you were saying was like, I don't know that I'm ready for you to meet her because I know her trajectory right mm -hmm. and it could like create like some sort of tension of some yes. kind like it's it's going to be a lot for everyone involved right so it felt like it feels like to me a situation that could have been talked through and like okay well let's plan on this or maybe this is a step or a compromise that can be made and it feels like a little bit knee jerk of him in my yeah, opinion okay, I, I think to so. break up over it but at the end of the day, I think it's good that you respect your mother's uh, process. I think involving her in these conversations, I don't know if you had maybe kept the boyfriend a secret from her. And so that would, mm. you know, invite further conversations there. But I think in the future, if that comes up with a new person, um, 
I think it would be good to ask how she feels about it, get her feedback, and base it off of how she is and what she's giving you versus like you trying to protect her. Because at this point, it's like you, she is doing the work, and you need to trust that she is. And if she can't handle something, it's her job to tell you. Um, so I don't think you need to be making those decisions for her. But I do think that this could have been a conversation and not a breakup. Yeah, absolutely. I do think the the boyfriend jumps the gun. But also, like, even though you, you may not be uh, with your boyfriend anymore at the moment, um, and that's not to say that, like, it, you can't, have like, talk with him more about it and things get resolved. But, I, like, right now, I think I don't think it would be bad to just ask your mom in general for yeah, the future. I, hey, that's true. is, like... Hey, like when I start having boyfriends or like other boyfriends, like, do you think you would be up to meeting them? Exactly. I think that's something you can ask your mom now um, that she's been in uh, therapy for a while. Right. Like, hey, like, do you think you're at this point now? That's just right. something to like, that's like a good thing to go into like a new relationship possibly yeah. knowing. Yes. I think that's you know? a great, great So advice. I think regardless of what happens with the boyfriend, I think this is something that would be good to ask your mom. Yes. Like if I were to have a boyfriend, do you think you'd be able to, um, to him. meet him? Yeah. Like, do you think you'd be able to handle that right now? That's true. Yeah. So I say, give your, give your mom some credit. Absolutely. Like, and yes. Her. And I am proud of her that she's on that journey. Cause a lot of people's parents, you know, if it's not an immediate, yes, sometimes people come around, it can happen. So yeah. good for her. And, um, Good luck to you. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Is everybody ready for a couple gay minutes? Are, would you like to start with the two gay minutes? I see you have your... Oh, God. It's, it's, no, it's not that much. Okay. This I, is much shorter, and so, it's much less happy. Okay. So this is the section of the podcast that we both uh, talk for two minutes about something the other one doesn't care about. Generally, for me, it's Bravo TV and Matt Steele, it's Big Brother. But who knows? Maybe some, this week it'll be something different. No, it's the same. It's the same for me too, babe. <laughs> All right. Great. All right. So are you ready? All right. So No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just, you know... Okay. scooching my chair don't worry he's okay. always afraid that I'm gonna start there before, are rules. before he says go you, I, there are rules I'm here. a rule follower okay all right guys you ready yeah three two one we're all excited for the double eviction episode on Thursday because chances were that we were getting rid of two heavy hitter players, Cameron and Jared, whose absence would crack the game wide open because Cameron gone means the house needs to pick a new target and Jared gone means Sari doesn't have her number one ally anymore, which is actually good for her because he was really fucking up her game. So we were all excited to see how the game would play out without those two. Mm. The episode opens with a shocking image of Julie Chen with a brand new Bob haircut. Why? Because my girl is on a book tour for her new memoir called But First God and she's like, let me make a Splash, baby. And I'm so sorry, y'all. That title of the book is a fucking slay. <laughs> anyway, both Cam and Jared are predictably evicted in a pretty fun double eviction episode, and then Julie tells them that their lives in this game are not fully done. She then proceeds to explain what will eventually become the worst twist the show has ever had. Ooh. Both Cameron and Jared will re-enter the house as quote-unquote zombies and wait a full week to figure out which one's game will be resurrected from the dead. We all anticipated a battle back of sorts. However, the problem with this is that all's happening this week. There is no Big Brother game being played for an entire week. Oh no head of household, no power of veto. They're literally what? just in that house waiting for a competition that's happening on Thursday to see who won't get evicted from the previous week. So nothing is happening on the feeds. The game has come to a screeching halt and we're also fucking bored. We're just at halfway mark of the season and there have been eight evictions. 45 there, seconds. There have been eight evictions and only five people have gone home. There have been eight men in that house in the beginning and as of right now, only two have not been evicted or expelled, but yet there are 
still five of them in there. All this twist does is bore everyone and make them stop watching the damn show. Ooh. Big Brother, what are you doing with this twist? We're literally like going to like have an entire week of nothing happening, and then the next week is probably going to be boring because whoever stays, it's probably just going to be, be a revolving door like for that other person, right. whether it's Cameron or Jared, to just leave as well. It's going to be two of the most boring weeks of the show's history. What I mean, granted, I am a little tired, and so like a nice like break from the feeds would be nice, but like no, Five this is seconds. a horrible, horrible, horrible idea. I'm tired. And that was two minutes. I think that's great that we did it in actually two minutes for the, that time. I know. It doesn't always happen. And I it, find, you know, it's because nothing I there was, was nothing say. to talk about. Literally nothing to talk about. And I will say I followed what you were saying. Thank you. Because yes, that is a terrible idea. That's an <laughs> absolutely terrible, terrible idea. idea. Um, okay, are you ready? Or, Let's go. Okay, because I have I have something to say. Okay. Oh, God. Let me get my timer out. Okay. All right. Stop. Watch. Let's go. All right, everybody. Matt Palmer. Yes. Give us your two gay minutes now. Okay. So there is, on Real Housewives of Orange County, there is a longstanding housewife named Shannon Bedore. She's probably been on six or seven seasons, and she has basically always been a big mess and, like, going through a divorce or, like, going through something with her boyfriend. And the girls on the cast are always, like, she always gets drunk and calls us at night and tells us these things that she says we can't repeat and can't repeat on camera, and it's so fucking annoying. Uh, this is all happening throughout the season, and Heather is being, you know, getting getting a takedown season because of this somehow. It comes out on TMZ over the weekend that Shannon Bedore has drunk driven with her dog Archie in the car. Mm. It is in the middle of the night, and she has quote unquote clipped a residence, aka a home. Oh. And she then pulled like pulls, she doesn't even pull over. She stops her car in the middle of the street and pretends to be walking the dog. This is like at 3 a.m. And then when cops come and get her, she's like, oh no, I, I was just walking my dog. Like what could with her car there? With her car there. Uh. So she gets taken into custody. I believe she's been charged with two misdemeanors. And it's awful and and, and like One minute. crazy embarrassing, but also you're like, okay, she clipped a house. Maybe she like was drunk and like just kind of tipped like clipped it and it was like bad but not that bad you the video came out on TMZ she turned the corner like you turn the corner in Mario Kart it's like she did not touch the brake she slams into the side of this person's house backs out and then goes on her way and I'm like you are so fucking rich like I understand I'm not judging someone if you have a problem and need to go somewhere to deal with it I respect that and think you should get yourself under control but you at that level of wealth have no excuse for not calling a fucking Uber. Drunk driving is not okay in any situation. This feels like a Kim Richards level thing where it's like, I understand she's been on the show for a long time. She's kind of a staple. Remove her. I think it is unsafe having her as part of this cast and this whole like Bethany's like talking, bringing down seconds. reality television. It's going to be because, uh, because of Shannon Bedore because she's running to people's fucking houses because she can't bother to get a fucking Uber when she's drunk with her damn dog. Your two gay minutes are over, girl, and so is her life sickened. as a housewife. <laughs> I am sickened. Like, Awful. you must get off the show. Like, honestly, the only way she doesn't get off the show is if she enters and leaves rehab before the next season starts. Because this is unacceptable. Like, I understand we're all having fun. Like, it's drinking's a part of, like, housewife culture or whatever. Drinking and driving is not. And there could have been people on the road. There could have been kids on the road. And that poor fucking dog. I know. It's just, it's, it's like... The show, I understand, is messy and, like, it's people arguing whatever. But, like, if you're a danger to yourself and others, then get help. Get off reality TV. Like, ugh. No. No. Yeah. <gasps> Sorry. <gasps> it was well, reading that and, like, seeing the video is just disgusting. Okay. Well, she and that dog are in my prayers. I mean, poor, justice for Archie. Absolutely. And justice for that house. She, okay. Insane. <laughs> Insane. Matt, Matt Steele. Yeah. 
Are you ready for to tell me what's been giving you moments? Uh, it's been nothing. <laughs> like, I'm so sorry, y'all. When I tell you, my week has just been st- trying to figure out logic. I've, I've tried exporting it to DaVinci Resolve or whatever. Right. That I don't even know what that is. Is that an editing <laughs> software? Girl, I don't know. I'm trying so hard to figure it out, and I'm pulling my hair out. I'm about to walk slowly into the ocean. I really hope this ends today for you. It's not going to end today. Well, because tomorrow I'm going to call them my like, final Right, but I again. hope that like, it's a successful export and conversion for you tonight. Thank you. That's what I hope. Thank you. <laughs> okay, for me. Yes. Uh, uh, the television show that I was mentioning earlier that I have watched now seven episodes of the eight episodes uh, that are its final season is a show called Sex Education. It is on Netflix and it stars As- Asa Butterfield, Chudi Gatwa, and so many young actors who have done such an amazing job. Like, I... They went through a big transition this season. It's I will try not to spoil, but like they're in a new school. A lot mm-hmm. of them. Some of some of the characters are gone, which I'm sad about. But they're introducing a lot of new characters, a lot of new teachers. You know, a character is in the United States for a piece, and there's a lot of things changing. A lot of stories are wrapping up. But guys, if you want to see how a teenage show should be fucking written, watch Sex Education from beginning to end. Every season has so much heart and dealing with not just the kids, but also the adult um, because it, her, his mom, Jean, is who's a therapist as well as Asa Butterfield's character, who's like a high school therapist. She does such an incredible job and she has this new baby and is trying to balance having a new baby and like starting to talk on this radio show. And Asa Butterfield, his character is going through like they're at a new school and there's already like a kid sex therapist at this school. And so they have a dueling therapist thing they have to as a school vote on which one of them is the one that can stay it's just wait who's voting the kids the kids it's great it's really so incredible it's insane but it's like funny and heartwarming it has an edge to it and like the stories feel so true like there are so many queer stories being told there are stories of trans kids and black queer youth and it's just such an important and joyful viewing experience I cannot say enough good things about sex education I don't want to give too much away about this season but the relationships have fractured they've changed some people are there some people are not Um, but our main twosome I would say are Asa Butterfield and Chutigatwa their characters Eric and um, Otis are going through it in a little way. I hope in this last hour and a half episode I'm about to watch while eating dinner, they can get back together because I, like, I need everyone to be okay at the end of the series. You know how I feel about series finales. I want everyone happy and married and off into the sunset. I don't want any ambiguity, so we'll see next week if I'm happy with the finale. But I've been so happy with season four and I'm powering through it because Jax and I are finishing it before he goes to Greece because I wouldn't be able to watch it without him. Sure. And I can't do that. No. I can't wait that long. So just Sex Education is a brilliant piece of television. And if you haven't watched it, you should. It is great for people of all ages, even though it deals with you know young kids. It's not like a young show. The comedy is perfect. The emotion is perfect. Perfect. Ten out of ten. I mean, you've loved the show for a long time. I have. And it's never steered me wrong. Sure. I've, every time I'm like, this is as good as I remember it being. So... I just can't say enough good things about it. I feel like I didn't give you too much of the, the story, but I feel like a lot of it is a spoil. But they're mm-hmm. at a new school, new people around. They get to hire the staff, I guess, at the school. <laughs> well, it's like not really staff. It's like they're free therapists for their fellow students. Oh, yes. So it's like two people are like, oh, well, I've just a therapist, you know, as a kid by trade. It's for free. Come talk to me about your relationship and or sex problems. And our guy, Asa Butterfield, is like, no, that should be my thing. And tries to like oust the other one. 
Okay. It's great. A dueling therapist, a war against therapists. Exactly. So the it's basically the like therapist. they're doing like an election, but like as to which of the two therapists should stay. And it's just great. It's just great. That's all I can say. Sex education is great. All right. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So Matt Steele. Yes. Is there anything else you want to tell the people? I bet I love you. We love you so much. You're all doing a great job out there. You really are. Whatever you're doing. Whatever you're doing, it's great. It's great. And we support you. Yeah. Unless it's bad. Don't do bad things. Don't do bad things. We'll see you next week with more Two Game Mats, the podcast. Bye. Bye. Bye.